0: In our time together this morning, I just want to chat with you, talk through, and engage with a conversation that I think is probably, for all of us, our greatest priority. How can we live in a consistent sense of clarity and certainty and reality in regard to our friend, the Holy Spirit? Sometimes we've allowed our interactions with Him to be occasional. Perhaps we need him to move in a miraculous way. But actually, the invitation to live in relationship with the Holy Spirit is a 24-7 invitation. Ephesians 6.18 invites us to live consistently in step with the Spirit, to be in the Spirit at all times, and to allow the Spirit to breathe and live and have his way in each of us 24 hours a day. So that's not just saved for a Sunday when we sing these great songs and anthems of praise. It's there For us and provided to us, God has given us the Spirit for Mondays. Aren't you grateful that the Spirit is available on Monday? Come on, you miserable people. Aren't you grateful that the Spirit is available on Monday? So it's been our great joy over the years, Jane and I, to just really seek and to to understand and to grow in capacity to host the Holy Spirit. And um, this is one of my favorite chapters regarding who He is for us. John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will give you another advocate, some of your Bibles would say comforter, to help you and be with you forever. Aren't you grateful for that? Someone to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus finishes this glorious expose on the Holy Spirit's reality, power, and availability to us with this phrase, I will not leave you as orphans. In other words, you won't live outside of the parameters of my blessing anymore. You've been brought into the places of abundance and fullness. Our invitation is to live in unity and clarity and certainty Regarding our new identity, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, filled with all manner of hope, overwhelmed with exceptional joy, not joy that's fleeting, that comes and goes, but joy that is abiding, a stronghold so profound it determines the outcome in every situation we face. He has not left us as orphans, and He promises He will come to you. And He has come to me, the Holy Spirit, has come to live inside my life. That's why I thought it would only be fitting because I know he's so great to build a slight extension for him. Now, some of you thin people, you're giving the Holy Spirit a hard time because he is so vast and so great, you need to put a pound or two on. Give him a little bit more room so that he can have his place in your heart and in your life. So when I think of the Holy Spirit and the great joy I have of walking with him, and I've done that for over 33 years now, I realize something, that actually God had a plan all along in humanity's experience. In fact, God had opened up some thinking and experience for people throughout the history of his people that actually would help them understand the role and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, even before Jesus foretold and prophesied that he would come. If you have your Bibles open, would you go to the book of Nehemiah for me, please? We're going to be reading together from chapter one. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant, that it survived exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said this to me. Those who survived the exile are back in the province, but they are in great trouble and disgrace. And read this phrase with me, please, will you? The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. Now, why are we reading something from the Gospel of John and something from the book of Nehemiah? Let me just highlight something for you. The word, the name, Nehemiah, actually means comforter. And in many ways, he's a picture for us of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he has come to repair, to rebuild, and restore. Now, just as Nehemiah came in this particular passage of the Bible to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit has come into your life and into my life to rebuild our walls. Now, our walls will resemble not bricks and mortar, but parts of our spirit and our heart and our soul that have somehow have been broken down through life experience. The Bible teaches us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, regarding that reality, we have broken and disrepair and a variety of different complex things that cause the power of the Spirit to not just work in us, but also to leak from us. So the Holy Spirit has come into your heart and come into your life so that He can rebuild you. Isn't that good news? Now for many of us, we think that the building work is our responsibility. And it's true to say that now that we are born again and given over to this new life that Jesus Christ has purchased for us, we must indeed work with the Spirit. But I want to promise you something. You cannot do the work of the Spirit. If you are broken and in disrepair, it is God and God alone who will show you where the walls need to be restored. For many of us, we try and work through the complexities of our past without being led by the Spirit. But the Spirit will always come to the part and the place of you that actually God wants to start the new work in. He knows exactly where the greatest weakness is in your soul as a result of the circumstances of your life. When I first became a Christian, I didn't realize that I had a massive, sore broken part of me that was connected to my earthly father. And one of the primary things that the Holy Spirit began to work in me was forgiveness towards my father. I didn't even see that as a particularly great issue. It was just the way things were. But by the power of the Spirit's revelation, I began to contemplate and think and work with the Spirit until God began to restore my relationship with my Father. Why? Because my relationship with my Father, which was very dysfunctional, was the place where all kinds of brokenness and all kinds of decisions were being made from. And of course, God now in my life, wanting to make me more like Jesus, wanted to to build up those broken and disrepaired parts of my soul so that what he was doing in me could actually grow and flourish and not leak out or not be available for the enemy to come in and to steal and to rob. The Holy Spirit, like Nehemiah, who is a type of foreshadow of the spirit that is to come, has come to rebuild your life. Now, God will not do it without you, but he will do it with you. The Lord has subjected the advances of his purposes in your life to your partnership. So it's not that you can just lie back and and allow the Holy Spirit to do everything. God wants you to work and to come into agreement and to come into partnership with the Spirit's power in your life to restore everything. And he's here in you and with you to rebuild your thoughts. How many of us know that so often we want to grow in the kingdom of God, but our minds seem to be alien to that process. Paul uses these phrases. He says, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need our minds to think spiritually because prior to Christ, we thought about all manner of things that have held us and conditioned us to live outside of relationship. No longer are we outside of relationship, but we need to grow in our capacity to understand what it is, to live in union with God, God's plan and his purpose for our lives. So our minds, if they're not renewed, will hinder the process. And aren't you grateful that the Holy Spirit can minister to your mind not somebody to your right to enough and say I think he might be talking to you <laughs> the Holy Spirit can minister to your mind the Bible tells us that we can have a new mind and that mind is transformed and renewed as we understand the word of God which actually we can only fully understand if the Holy Spirit opens up our lives to his word What about your emotions? Would you say the walls of your life have some broken emotional incapacities? Well, if you've been rejected or abandoned or abused or any of the above, you will have some mechanisms internally that in many ways have helped you, provided you with some kind of protection in the world around you. But not only has it kept others out, it's also kept you in. And the reality is unless we're free emotionally, healed emotionally, restored emotionally, no matter how great this adventure of God that is opening up to us is, we will always find ourselves restricting the capacity of the Spirit's power, not because He's powerless, but we are not partnering with Him in our emotional well-being. I am grateful to God that He heals human hearts, aren't you? Your character, the seat of your intellect that directs your life. How many of us have experience the work of the Spirit in that arena where God has not only just renewed our mind and healed our hearts, but He's worked with our will so that we are working towards that which Christ Jesus has provided for us. Now all of these things and much, much more is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. So when I hear people say, I don't really need the Holy Spirit, or I'm not sure about the Holy Spirit, I do have many questions because I'm thinking all the time internally, well, how are you going to become all that Jesus has allowed and created opportunity for you to become without the Holy Spirit to bring you into that fullness? The Bible teaches us that it's not by might, so it can't be our effort. It's not by power, it's not by our capacity, but it's by His Spirit, His Spirit who lives in us and is working in us, changing our minds, our emotions, and our character to bring us into conformity with the new life that Jesus Christ has purchased for us. So for some people, the Holy Spirit seems like an optional extra, like a conservatory on a house. We just go out when the weather's bleak or the weather's good and we enjoy his presence. But actually, if you truly want to become like Jesus, and more importantly than that, because it's so much more than that, if you want to live the way Jesus has created you to live or made you new so you can live, you will need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You will need him to help, to teach, to guide, to empower, and to facilitate that which Christ has afforded you. So for many people, the Holy Spirit seems like an optional extra. I believe also some of the reasons for that is probably because we haven't understood His role in the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But for some of us, we love the idea of a good, good Father. We absolutely are essentially caught up with the reality of the salvation work of Jesus Christ. But some of us do not engage with the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. For many, many years he's been referred to in the church as the Holy Ghost. That's probably some of the reasons why we're a little bit cautious. Other people believe that he's some kind of phantom or power that just comes in random ways over people's lives. But I want to remind you this morning that the Holy Spirit is personal. He is your forever friend. He is with you, he is for you, and everything that God has afforded you in Jesus Christ He is the agent and the means by which those things become a reality. He's not an it, he's he. And he's someone who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus had a lot to say about the beautiful, glorious ministry of the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you go to your Bible, to John's Gospel, chapter 14, we can pick up some of his thoughts. In John 14, verse 17, this is what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, that he is like Jesus in character. Wow, how amazing is that reality, that when I'm engaging with the Holy Spirit, I can testify and recognize that Jesus and he are the same. Jesus, the one who loves me, I also know the Spirit who loves me, who has In love, bringing me further and deeper into the love of God. In fact, I would say of myself that I don't think I could love God were it not by the means of the Holy Spirit who has opened me up to that love and revealed God's love for me. So the Spirit is like Jesus himself, in character, in temperament, and in works. The second thing that we know about the Holy Spirit from Jesus' teaching is this. It's in John 16, verse 14. That his mission is to help us personally understand more and more about Jesus. Now, I've met lots of people over my journey. Some of them want the Holy Spirit so they can help the world recognize how great they are. They prophesy so that people give them acclaim. But everything the Holy Spirit does is to invite us into a deeper revelation of the person known to us as Christ, the Lord Jesus himself. You see, behind every miracle, there is a majesty that we are invited to gaze at, Because when we see a miracle, we see the presence and the power of Jesus evidencing itself in a human form. What we heard earlier is simply a recognition that God is at work in Hugo's life. Jesus is real. He's alive. He's doing something wonderful in Hugo's heart. And he's doing something wonderful in all our hearts if we believe in him. So the Holy Spirit helps us know Jesus more personally. I could spend a week just talking about the things I have discovered from the Holy Spirit as He has revealed them over the years, often through tears, sometimes through joy, the revelation I have of the heart of who Jesus is. And my life has become richer and richer and richer through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in me and through me, opening my eyes to see the reality of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the power of Jesus, and the presence of Jesus in my life. So he's like Jesus in character. His mission is to help us personally understand more and more who Jesus is. And the third thing is this, he has come to stay. In John 14, verse 16, he is here forever. He is your consistent, persistent friend who will never leave and never forsake you. Aren't you grateful for that? You know, because when I sometimes think of that, I sometimes think of my human interactions with people. I've had lots of people in my life who've promised me they'd be there forever to discover that forever was a lot shorter than I imagined. I've had people who've promised me that they would never abandon me or reject me to find out that something I did or something they did or something that happened caused them to walk away from a relationship that I believed could have been permanent. No one in this world can promise you that they will never leave or forsake you. With all the goodwill in the world, sometimes even the best intentions, they start to fall apart because circumstances and life and a variety of things happen. But there is one who will never go anywhere. He's not leaving you and he's not forsaking you. He is your consistent, persistent, forever friend. Now that for me is good news because if you're anything like me, you're just a tad insecure. I've been with people long enough and I've had my own journey where I started to think, but maybe God, you might have left me. And I thought that because of this. Sometimes it seems very clear to me that God is with me. His manifest presence is all over my life. And I love those times. Do you know when you just say nothing and somebody gets healed and you think, oh my goodness, God, you're so powerful. Or you're talking to somebody and the Spirit begins to show you something about that person's life that unlocks their heart for freedom. Sometimes you're just praying and worshiping and the presence of God is so powerful in your life. And we love those times, don't we, church? When the manifest presence of God, in fact, what we would like is to live in that consistent reality 24 hours a day. But the Spirit is far more clever than we give Him credit for. Here's how the spirit begins to move. God begins to show up in the ordinary of your life and extraordinary things begin to happen. We would call that season or that period of life his manifest presence. But have you, like me, noticed that it doesn't stay that way? Have you noticed that sometimes you have this great awakening of God's presence and at other times he seems to be distant? He seems to be far off. Is it just me? Or could it be you too? That needs to understand the rhythm of how the spirit begins to move as he brings us further and further into the life that Jesus has provided us for, provided for us. Well, let me explain to you what I discovered out of intimacy with God. That if I want to grow in my capacity as a Christian, if I want to grow into all that Jesus has afforded to me, if I want to flourish, if I want to increase, if I want God to heal my heart, restore my life, and use me in extensive, glorious ways, that I need the Spirit to work as the Spirit works. And this is what I discovered, that He begins to show me who He is. He begins to open my eyes to all that He can do. And my heart just expands in my chest. My life becomes so rich by his presence. And then, like no explanation is necessary, he seems to be hiding. So the Spirit has a rhythm to how he leads us into the life Jesus has purchased for us. It's called manifestation and hiddenness. Now, here's what happens to me when hiddenness becomes available. I start thinking I've done something wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have had that cream cake yesterday, Jesus. Maybe I shouldn't have answered so-and-so back in such a harsh or cruel way. And what we do is we take the truth that he is with us and we force our insecurity on that relationship to the point that we think he's now abandoned us. The Spirit of God will never leave or forsake you. So something else is happening that we need to understand. He is your forever friend. So here's what I have discovered. That he takes me through a season of beholding him. And it's like God supersizes my life. He supersizes my spirituality. Suddenly my eyes are opened and I go, It's like I'm bigger on the inside because God's doing great things on the outside. And then there's a moment where it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't appear the same. Now, I want to say this to you and listen to me carefully. He's not hiding from you. He's hiding for you. Here's why. Because if all I ever did was live in the manifest presence of God, I would never need faith. I would never need to apply what I have learned as he opened my eyes to see him so that I could grow and become more like him. I would be one of those type of people that's carried along by this experience and that experience and the stature and the character of Christ will never be formed in me. So I get to see him. I behold him. And then in the season of hiddenness, I get to apply what I have seen, what I have recognized, what I have experienced by faith to my day-to-day life. And that's how the Spirit for me seems to work. Now the Holy Spirit is someone that you and I need to know very well if we're going to grow to become the people that it's possible for us to become. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? Well, I believe we receive the Holy Spirit when we are born again. But it would be true to say that actually He's been at work in our lives prior to that experience. Let me do a quick hands up. Is there anybody here born again? Okay, well, if you've been born again, if you are born again, you already have seen the work and the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Why do I know that? Because you probably heard about Jesus many, many times before that. But there was a moment or a place or a season or a time when suddenly what was just information became revelation. The Holy Spirit had been at work in your life He may have even worked in orchestrating some experiences so that you could come to the place where you started to see God for who He truly is. I was raised in a Catholic school, in a Catholic family, in a Catholic church, and I heard about Jesus every day of my life. I said the Lord's Prayer and various other things every day of my life. But there was a day. There was a day like no other day. The 29th of October, 33 years ago, sitting in someone's front room and they're talking to me about Jesus and suddenly something happens inside of me. The Spirit took the information that was very familiar and did something very unfamiliar for me. My heart became strangely warmed. Apparently, that's our British approach to this. Actually, let me tell you what happened. Firewalks went off inside of me. My heart didn't become strangely warmed. I became explosive on the inside. I'd never felt such love. I'd never experienced such joy. I'd never been around anything. And trust me, I'd snorted, taken, and experienced quite a few things. But the Spirit of God, the one who told me that Jesus was real all those years through the words that were preached, actually came to abide in me. And when he came to abide in me, everything changed about me. The Bible uses the phrase, I am a new creature. The old has gone, and behold, God has made all things new. But if I need the Spirit to guide me to salvation and I need the Spirit to open me up to salvation, please let me remind you, we also need the Spirit every day and every way to cause us to grow in our salvation experience. We can't become who we are called and given to become without the work of the Holy Spirit. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to open up the book of Nehemiah a little bit and talk about that restorative process. I stand here before you very humbled by the fact that the Spirit of God who's been at work in my life has made me unrecognizable. Yes, I am fatter. Yes, I am older. But I'm not talking about the external. I'm talking about the internal. He who began a good work in me has shown up every day in my life to continue that work. I had an alpha moment 33 years ago where the Spirit Birth new life in me, a life that I was so curious about and insatiable about. I've tried to orchestrate my day every single day of my life to experience him more and more, somehow to grow in my knowledge of his work and ministry in my life. But also, I've noticed as I look back across the years that he has changed me from one degree of glory to the next and to the next. In my pursuit of him, he was at work in me, transforming my internal world till it started to reflect this new life that Jesus Christ has purchased for me. There's been tears and tantrums. There's been handshakes and hugs. There's been a whole manner of dialogue with him over the years. But actually, I am so grateful for my friend, the Holy Spirit, who won't go anywhere, who's at work in me currently as I stand before you, who will always lead me deeper and deeper into the reality of who Jesus is for me and has a power that's unstoppable If I partner with him, his kingdom comes. And his kingdom doesn't just come in restoring my life. It's now started to leak out and to help others too.